Greetings, Worstwing listeners. So this is Stu. I'm doing a special introduction for this episode because we did something a little different at the behest of Emma and our brainstorming on our last episode. Dave and I did like a live watch of the live debate episode. We'll break it out in the preview, but I did want to A, give Emma credit and B, clarify two things. This was actually broadcast live. So like as they were filming, it was going out on the airwaves one time, one Sunday night in 2000, I think 2005 or whatever. So we may say something like that it was recorded like, you know, on a tape delay or whatever, but it was actually live, which is fucking nuts. Um, And to what we've kind of discovered is that nobody wanted to do this except for like the executives and the producers who came up with it, like the Lawrence O'Donnell types. Apparently the cast all had a very negative reaction to it and did not enjoy the experience, which is very funny. It's just a very Hollywood thing of being like, it's a terrible idea, but we're going to do it type of thing. Anyway, um, with that in mind, you're welcome to watch along as we discuss it. Uh, You know, you'll hear the little kind of intro when we started off. Uh, But I want to clarify also that the version that we watch is 43 minutes and 14 seconds in length. There's an extended version that went out on either the DVDs or is available on some streaming services that's like 50 minutes long. So if you end up putting yourself through the pain of watching this West Wing episode, make sure if you want to sync up our reactions that it's the 43 minute and 14 second version. Anyway, that's it. Enjoy the show. Revolution. That's going a little bit too far. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of More Like the Worst Wing, our show. We're here now in 2023. We're taking a look back at, well, a very special episode of the West Wing (laughs) from now a modern leftist socialist perspective. I'm Dave. And I am Stu, and I am super excited. (laughs) And we are coming to you live. I mean, live, not really. Live, live, this sort is, of. This is recorded, of course, but <laughs> it will be live. For this whole episode has a gimmick, which is that the episode itself was filmed live uh, before a studio audience, unlike any episode of West Wing beforehand and unlike any to come after. Uh, this is a hell of a gimmick. And apparently it worked as we were doing some research for this episode. It, it got a significant ratings bump. From the usual season seven episodes, so the hey, we're doing a live debate episode of West Wing marketing uh, totally paid off. So I had initially thought that it was like it was broadcast live, but it's not. No, it's not. It so, is like it is like SNL. It yes, is, like I I yeah. I had thought that they would like reserved a block of airtime and like legitimately were like being broadcast to the United States as they were doing this shit but they're they're not so uh it was a live stage performance recorded twice yes yeah, yeah it's recorded so much like the same way this episode is we're doing it live yeah. but you will hear it recorded <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna listen a lot we're gonna listen along basically to the debate and see if we can get our like you know our, our jipes and jabes Japes and jabs. Our bands. Our bands. In, uh, amongst the West Wing improv bands. This is an interesting note as well. This is the only episode where actors were allowed to go truly off script and actually improv. Uh, it's not entirely scripted, although I imagine the parts that are more 
what sound more West Wing speechified are probably pre-memorized and scripted out by the actors. Yeah, and in similar f- f- to us, frankly, is like we we script like a touchstone thing and then riff on it. So that's kind of exactly what they were doing, where it's like return to this topic, but then mm-hmm. go ahead and you know mm-hmm. put your spin on it or your flavor on it, mm-hmm. which is a, so a, with- a real skill. Like I, I want to say yeah. for a screen actor, like that's. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, big props to Alan Alda and Jimmy Smits here. Uh, unfortunately, the material they're about to do uh, does them no <laughs> favors. But uh, we're about to get into all that. So with no more gilding the lily and with no further ado, uh, we are going to jump straight into the episode. So if you are listening along and wish to sync up with us, as it were, uh, this episode is in Season 7, Episode 7 in most episode orders. It is entitled The Debate. And we're going to start right from the moment the episode starts, where the previously on segment intact. So if you're watching along, get ready to hit play at uh, the mark of three. Ready? One, two, three. Previously on the previously on the West Wing. Yeah, so the show spent most of the last several episodes. <laughs> With a lot of time, which I think would have been better served, showing us Janine Garofalo and Bruno, who are probably like, yeah, sparring over the stupid fucking rules for this upcoming debate. And frankly, this would have been like a real good opportunity to see more of them on screen doing cool stuff and being the characters that they are. But instead, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, we need 90 seconds for a response. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, would we just bail on them being like fun and cool people? <laughs> Audience applause immediately jarring. <laughs> yeah, already uh, on the back foot here. <laughs> like, it feels like Alan Alda is hosting SNL. Yeah, he's going to march out there and then see the band. Kevin Eubanks, or Kevin Eubanks, whoever's the fucking lead guy is going to say, hey. Smashing pumpkins are here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. <laughs> I actually like the um, the body language of the people is a lot um, is actually really good here they seem much more um, earnest I guess and intense yeah yeah like yeah agreed well, and, and again there's some nice blocking here and camera movement before they get to just like them standing behind podiums for the rest of the episode yeah and as we were saying earlier it's probably like it's an interesting technical challenge so you know shows on its way out at this point obviously and so i'm glad they're giving the uh production crew like a chance to broaden their horizons a little bit forget about everything i've come here to say every Debate point. I have it memorized every word in my opening statement. You are going to be great. I don't feel great. Been through tougher stuff than this. Right? Combat. Flashing yellow light means you got 15 seconds. Red light means. Let me guess. Finnick's going to hide behind the Here's the rules. Do some rules. Oh, yeah. The clock out on that one. You can do that too. If you get in a jam, use a paragraph. We love rules, don't we? Yeah, gotta have them. And talking about. The audience is going to have their own rules. Everyone loves rules. Talking about Vinick. The rules are your friend. Vinick running the. Says it. Vinick running the clock out on things like, oh, a clock of fifteen whole seconds. Yep, he's gonna like really stick it to you by stalling for fifteen seconds. It'll be great. So, 
and I think I said this before, like this guy, the moderator guy is like a real, um, he's a journalist of some stripe. Like he's a real media mm-hmm. person. Following rules work. Yeah, that makes sense. He's got that air. Now I've agreed to enforce their rules. Each candidate. Uh-oh, there we go. It's all about the rules. We love them rules, baby. Fuck yeah. It's the opposite of Outback Steakhouse here. All rules. <laughs> no, no right. Possibility of a 30-second extension of the discussion at my discretion. A yellow light. Hmm. He's, you know. And so, this becomes the ultimate shaggy dog joke here. These fucking rules. They work so hard on them. This man is explaining them for so long, and they're going to be tossed out the window in about a minute. Ha-ha, some bants with, with the audience. <laughs> statements to each other, and they will have two-minute closing statements. This is, again, like, this is, it's, it is now essentially, like, double or triple scripted. So it's interesting to pretend to sort of peel back one layer of that scripting by making it, like, live and offering improv. But it's right. still just now like it's a real debate. Well, but it, it still feels like ultimately pretty preordained because the rules are so prescribed. It's really an honor like, tonight. I would. <laughs> He's, you know, is, he, is his brain shorting out? Yeah, this feels like a senior moment here. <laughs> no, He's still going. Hold a little too long. Holy shit! It's just a little too long. Hand. And every time I heard them recite the rules, I always thought that means they're not going to have a real debate. Uh, uh yep, the greatest, nope, the it's not real. In the history of my not real. Abraham Lincoln, when he debated, he didn't need any rules. He wasn't afraid it's, of a real debate. Now, it, it's refreshing to see the, the party of Lincoln talking point going back 18 years. Uh-huh. As a memorized uh-huh. opening statement ready to go. And then we could, we could go He's going to bring up Lincoln further on. Spoilers. Control how much you're going to learn he freed the, the slaves. The United States. <laughs> but we could have a debate Lincoln would have been proud Still of. We could credit jump for civil war. <laughs> no shit. We could let our able and judicious moderator ask his questions, and we could forget about whether or not each of us gets exactly... <laughs> why is he flattering the moderator? You know why. <laughs> Come on. That's all right Jesus with you, Matt. Um, He's working the rap. Yeah, that's right. No, no, please. He's the Mike Krzyzewski of politics. You mean like a Senate debate? You, you're going to filibuster me? Grab the microphone for the whole hour? No. No, we tell the American people what they need to hear. No more. Audiences no less. love filibuster <laughs> Dude, I think you had said it earlier. It's like, oh, any comedian would kill for this audience. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> They're perfectly trained. Yep, another laugh line. Oh, applause. He said words. Let's have a real. Debate. I'm not sure what it was, but it had the cadence of a joke. <laughs> uh, let me be clear. Set up. Punchline. <laughs> so yeah, now's a good time to mention writer of this episode, Lawrence O'Donnell, considers this basically his ideal debate. Uh, his, his dream debate. So keep that in mind as we see the lack of substance yeah. given to any issue uh, and how they don't talk about anything. Of Just consider that this is the actualization of like these lofty goals that would be considered impossible right. by people like Lawrence O'Donnell. Like, oh my gosh. Right. right. This is the dream, the ideal that could never really happen. And it's just like the standard rhetoric that you hear out of like any stump speech. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, 
back in 2000, like the, the concept of a debate doing anything now other than providing like sound bites to laugh at um, is like pretty laughable in 2023. But like, uh, I'll give some credit to the fact it, that it had more import. Back yeah, like pre big social media changes it was the opportunity to actually see these candidates as like real people not like in four second like media interviews or whatever i guess declared a state of emergency on the mexican borders because of illegal immigration uh-oh illegal immigration very relevant first that's my policy i would double the border patrol not just increase it double why not triple it senator Ooh, snappy. Are, are you Going on the attack. Because we already did. Since 1990, we have tripled, not doubled, we've tripled the Border Patrol on the Mexican border. And you don't need me to tell you that it hasn't solved the you, problem. You see, be so weird that they stare right in the camera. <laughs> yeah, I, and especially after they've said we are getting rid of the rules and we're going to talk to each other as real people. It's like, oh, but I'm, I'm going to talk into the camera even though I'm addressing you. Like... Uh, it's also I just weird because I, considering this as the characters Texas, from the West Wing and as these characters, they would never look at camera. Yes. No, no, never. Because you don't do that in a drama. Yeah. So I it's just weird. The senator talks about how easy it is to cross the Rio Grande. I, I think you should tell that to the families of the men, women, and children who have died trying to do it. You have died. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad he actually brought that up. Because... It's an economic problem. Yeah. If yes. Mexico's economy was as strong as Canada's, there wouldn't be a problem. Uh -oh. The president cannot solve this problem. You can't see. Here's the neoliberal term. <laughs> yes. You see, three is Mexico bigger than two, but also they need jobs. So that it's not worth it to try to cross nope. into yep. our borders. He just said it. There's no other real solution to this problem. Senator Vinnick is smart enough to know that, and and I think you are too. Or alternatively, we just make America worse. Yes. And you know what? That strategy is working pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Senator Vinnick, I think it's fair to say the centerpiece of your campaign is your promise to cut taxes. So could you tell us well, specifically, sir... We also just got past talking about immigration without Vinick mentioning taxes? that Matt Santos is Hispanic. The same amount that you cut taxes well, Santos sort of brought it up in his answer, you know, by talking about his family. Yeah, well, and I guess maybe it's credit to the character of Arnie Vinick that he doesn't bother. ...about overspending sure. until we run out of breath, or we can just cut their allowance. I'm a cut the allowance kind of parent. Well, I'm a grandparent now, so I'm a little less free. Oh, less free okay. <laughs> folksy. Killer line. Yeah, folksy, sir. God, a few times I did stand up, I would have killed for this crap. Grand President Grandpa here is going to take away your allowance. I will use this pen to veto it. Congressman Santos. Oh, he's like Carrot Top. He's got props. Oh, yeah, that's right. Can be scribbling on things. Well, I hope everyone noticed that the senator did not answer the question. He, he didn't tell you what spending he will cut. Would you like to try that again, Senator? I said I will was, balance. Was that the policy. question? We've seen this game before. See, we have a proven record on Republican tax cuts. First, they cut taxes, and then they never get around to cutting spending, so they run up huge deficits and they leave a massive debt for our children. <laughs> oh, oh no, not that Jesus Christ. This is literally a Republican talking point. You know, Congress like leaving debts to our children. Campaign. I have to give him that. I really have to give you credit for that. He's actually promising a tax increase, which is a brave thing to do because the American people don't want it. 
And it's the wrong thing to do because the American people don't want it. But even his big tax increases won't raise enough money to pay for the big spending increases he's promising. So, I mean, again, so this President is just the, the complete acceptance exactly and buy-in to the framework of a balanced budget, which is, I can't remember when the Republicans were running on like balanced budget amendments. I mean, it's still kind of in the in the hopper these days, but I feel like it was a much bigger deal. Maybe like contract with America time with Newt Gingrich. Specify what spending cuts you would make in order to balance the budget. Well, okay. Let's just as a hypothetical. Here we go. Here we go. Let's accept the worst case scenario that neither one of us will be able to pay for everything we want to do as president. Then your choice is between Ooh, he's a drinking from a glass of water. You got him riled. Or a Democrat who can't pay for spending the increases Rubio even moment. after raising taxes. <laughs> I think the American people know how to make that choice. Congressman Santos. Well, but you also haven't also, answered the question. Alan Alda keeps hitting the microphone. Yeah. Throughout this campaign, you've said you want to be the education president. Now, what does that mean? Well, and we what just cruised past the question again president? without it being answered even oh, remotely. This is what I mean. Like, this is the dream debate. Yeah, they don't answer Christ. anything. You know, we've got to change a system that says the quality of your education depends on where you live. Throw more money at the problem. That's the Democratic Party. Well, you now we're on to education. The Man, they are... Granted, it's a TV episode and not a two-hour debate, but... Yeah, this is... And I think it's that's... It's on fast forward. Yeah, it's really fucking turbo-cruising here like the and they had to to fit it into the format in sure the sure has the lowest test scores washington dc spends more than every state fifteen thousand dollars per pupil and nothing to show for. i am not talking about just throwing money at the problem i am talking this is what west wing loves dropping facts yes you know well you know tripling the border why don't we triple education Ooh, three that's a big number make sure that every student gets the chance that he or she deserves except the chance to go to a private school the republican congress passed a federally a federally funded voucher program for washington dc to help poor students who can't who can't go to private schools good lord well we got more applications oh. than we could handle poor minority parents desperately want to get their kids out of failing public schools but the oh, democrats boy. won't let them <laughs> oh that's yeah. right the big bad democrats I mean, don't want to take money away from public schools to give them to private schools i mean what's next taking like, money away from police departments to give to private security the guards the federal government contributes about every let uh, 7 cents from from each dollar that's spent on public schools now, if you enact every bit of the Santos education... By the way, Florida is now just, like, dismantling public yeah. education for really private education. Every, and, like, so. voucherization is now accepted as, like, the standard policy, which is fucking absolutely bonkers. And they're doing stuff... Um, kids are getting shoved in these awful charter schools and religious schools. And, uh, well, yeah, and, like, that was... Not not to make too current eventy about this, but like that was the big thing with the shooting in Nashville this week or this last week too, where it's like this is one of those like abhorrent voucherized Christian private schools that apparently had been like you know covering up sexual abuse for decades. Against expansions of a six billion dollar program that's not raising academic achievement. But Head Start does raise scores in the early years, and then we let them slip. 
Six billion dollars in the federal budget. A whole six billion dollars, huh? I really wish there was I, there was a percentage of federal budget every time a politician threw yeah, out a no figure. And if it was under one percent, no one should give a fuck. Or like, heck, you could just cut it, like, make it under one percent of the military budget, and just be like, well, we spend a hundred times that on tanks that don't. Uh oh, <gasps> on, on planes that don't fly, right? Whoa! Whoa! Remain silent for the remainder of the debate. There was a Uli moment at the live West Wing debate. That was, that was a Uli. We've managed a to Uli. a civil tone throughout this discussion, and unless we can continue to do that, I'm going to impose the original rules on the candidates as well. Sirs, we have rules still, oh. and I will rules them. It's a lie that I am decorum, man. <laughs> Master has of been telling for twenty years. We're going to be number one in ten years. Go ahead, Google it right now. I'm not saying that every president knew it was a lie when he said it. Or that Congressman uh, Santos wow. knows it's not true. Wow, an early but example I, of Google it. Oh, yeah, like I was going to say, is this the first time on the show that we've had Google it as a first verb? All, let's, let's stop pretending that Probably. everyone wow. can or should go to college. Every airline needs high-paid mechanics. None of them have to go to college. There are plumbers in some parts of the country. Sort of. talking about lowering our ambitions. I'm Why can't the plumber go to college? Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, it's true. Like, some other countries are doing better academically than they tra do. Trade school fetishism. Don't we, don't we want an educated populace? Yeah. Trade school fetishism. Like, I know there's so many problems with higher ed, but, like, come on. And if a kid does well in one of those... We can make our trade schools a little bit more like colleges, too. I mean, you know? there are so many things to do because all it all becomes just culture war. Like, like shibboleths, everything standing in for something else. It's blue-collar versus white-collar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Culture war bullshit. Now, if we're going to have a practical approach to education, we're going to have to admit that not everyone can go to MIT. But most of the kids who do go to MIT come from American public That's schools. That's not... Okay. I mean, oh, I, but MIT uh, is not a okay. public school. What about what if we had a public I MIT? I don't get what you, oh, I would like to turn to oh yeah, <laughs> Senator. There are now forty-five million Americans who have no health insurance, <laughs> and we're on to the next yes. topic. Okay. I love it. We're, we won't touch that one again. <laughs> it's a debate on fucking fast forward. <laughs> yeah. I love as it. much as thirty-five percent. That happens to be one of the items in my tax cut package. You really think? Tax cuts for are the God's answer sake. for everything. No, well, that won't a help coupon. at all. Yep. The uninsured are in the 35% tax bracket, not in the 10% bracket. So your deduction would only give them a 10% discount. So then a $10,000. And this is pre ACA, too. So just like, now, I, I like was never that, uh, really an adult before the ACA. Like, I think I had two years where I was working and had insurance through my job. So it like wasn't a problem. All the problems in America will be solved. Right? Everyone will have health insurance. Everyone will be happy. No, but it will move us towards universal health Toward coverage. Universal Senator, coverage. Senator, so it won't cover Ooh. the 45 million. It will be a very large first step towards universal health step. coverage. First step. So after you've enacted the plan yep. that we're proposing here tonight, how many people will And now he's, what, banging him on incrementalism? Yeah, or like doing anything at all? Which, yes, 15 million, which represents the single biggest increase in health insurance okay. coverage that the federal right. okay, government so has ever Well, but it's all, it's all like fiddling about access and coverage. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, this was right before Obama. Yeah. People without health insurance. Do you really think that the Congress is going to let you do all that? And not even cover half the problem? 
I, to tell you the truth, his, his framing on the opposition here, too, is like, I don't it's care. Crazy. I don't care what the Congress will want to do. Like, I'm a sec. I'm the other branch of government, my man. <laughs> like, I Wait, no, wait, wait, excuse me. You, you want to put everyone in the country on Medicare. Oh, Medicare for all. Start on the whole socialized medicare. Holy shit. I'll be damned. Well, this is never going to happen because Senator Vinnick. Uh, Ooh, he's leaving the podium. No, sir. He's no, sir. leaving the podium. Production assistant brings him a microphone. Amazing. You had an option. An option of using Medicare. You could save they a lot of money. They scripted that, though. Private are, health I mean, are, do, are we sure? They, they spend about 25% Surely. of your money on administrative costs, Maybe. on paperwork. I don't know. That's, do you know that's fun, Medicare though. Again, a nice production note. Surely they have the option of Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, they've got it. 40%. Oh. 40%. Anyone want to go higher? Oh, he's calling on the yeah, audience. You, you it's see, like you, a teacher. You think it would be higher than private companies, right? Uh, a massive government bureaucracy can't be more efficient than, than private companies. Republicans have been telling you that forever. Oh, yep. trying to best out the Medicare 2%. stats. Medicare's administrative costs are 2%. That's 23% lower than private health insurance companies and HMOs. The best kept secret in this and country. I, yeah, uh, turns out Medicare, Medicare does rule everyone, <laughs> actually. Almost like if you take their operating plan and a, the, where they require a large risk pool, and then you make the risk pool larger, it gets cheaper? Are you sure? Yes, the Medicare tax would have almost, almost like every other civilized country is doing this. I don't know about you, but if you, you give me a choice between something called a premium and something called a tax, my only question is going to be which one's going to be cheaper. Yeah, I literally don't know where to begin. I mean, to yes, force perfect. everyone in the country into a I, I wouldn't that's... force anyone. I would just give them the option. See the what option. happens when the HMOs have to compete with an efficient system that allows you so to choose your own doctor option. And yes. make your own health care. It went from Medicare to public option. Yeah, like within the span of 90 seconds here. As he's speedrunning yeah. Obama. We're saying no, no, no to every health care reform okay. package right. that has ever come to Congress. But he's walking oh, around a yep. lot. Oh, and he's left the podium too. You're just not going to go out in the audience, are you? We need a telestrator. Let me leave it at this. I am opposed to Congressman compromise plan and to his dream plan. And I pledge to you here tonight, I will never raise the Medicare tax, not one penny. Yeah, Senator, you're that you, I will let you die. And, and you, you <laughs> That's your right as an American. That's right. You have the choice to die penniless and screaming. God bless America. I'm just saying that if we could join Medicare, we could have a much cheaper, much more efficient health care system. Let me raise a related issue, if I possibly could, Senator, and that is prescription drugs, whose he prices... Is, he is legit proposing yeah. Medicare for I, all. Okay. I will give the show a point. ...American drugs from Canada, where they are much cheaper. You know why Canadian drugs are cheaper? Why drugs no, are cheaper? Drug policy. Okay. Well, uh, we're, we're jumping from health care to drug prices, because that's you know the most important thing about health care, is being able to have pills. None. Because the God, we love pills here. Fucking, there, there's a pill for everything. Mama's little helper. Nothing like the miraculous drugs that the American pharmaceutical industry has given to the entire world. Given to the world? I guess you haven't seen their price list lately. Oh, no. <laughs> Audience Not shot. Not long ago. Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. Nerd alert. In this country. You were marked for death. At a West Wing live recording stew? I find that hard to believe. The most common cause Where's of Fruit Fly Guy when we need him? Was for ulcers. 
Now you get an ulcer, you take a pill. Is it an expensive pill? Yes. Yeah, a dollar seems like a lot to pay for a pill. But how does a dollar a day sound compared to a $40,000 surgery bill? So are prescription drugs expensive? Yes. Do they save us from getting hit with much more expensive hospital bills? Yes. (laughs) Curing patients is not very profitable. Keeping them on drugs for the entire rest of their lives is very profitable. And they save lives, and the Democrats can't stop attacking Why should the pharmaceutical industry get protection that no other American industry gets? We can buy anything else from Canada. Why not prescription drugs? Because Canadian price controls are not fair to they're American They're not fair? Companies. No, they're not. Is it fair that AIDS victims have been dying? Just the, the paucity of imagination on this issue. Why don't you just not worry about Canada? Why don't you just... after we have pushed them to do it. It has to be framed in Canada. In terms of... Tr- it's a transaction. In terms of, like, someone going yeah, like, from, like, Buffalo to Toronto and buying some pills and taking them It's, it's why I never understood, like, that kind of stunt, like, you see Bernie going to buy insulin in Canada or it's like, who fucking cares about Canada? Just write a thing that America can do it. Yeah, this is like Toby helping the one homeless man. Like, you're not solving the problems. The problems are very bad, but their causes, their causes are very good. What if we monetize the rot? It'll just formalize the reality that poor countries and now they're on debt relief for, like, Africa? Senator, are, are you saying that you're opposed to debt relief for impoverished countries? No, no we should forgive the debts, but that's not going to help those countries very much. Okay. Why not? What will? Tax cuts. Thank you, moderator. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's got one. Amazing. Holy shit. See, this is where... Some he, African he, tax rates are the highest You need to pull the... the uh, see, he's just got one move. Tax, tax cuts. No like shit. Chris Christie Rubio shit. $475 of income. Plus, they have a 20% value-added tax. It gets added to everything you buy. Those, those high tax rates make it impossible to build capital in those countries. So nothing gets built. Nothing. Uh, yes, Back it's, it's the taxes that prevent you from building a sure thing, buddy have the lowest wage workers in the world. And yet a company like Nike, for instance, can't, can't, can't put a factory in, in one of those countries because of the oppressive tax rates. Taxes have killed any possibility <laughs> of economic <laughs> development. They killed any hope of these countries ever. Wait, what? Absolutely themselves. incoherent. What the fuck? That, and that leaves them yes. completely Pin- at the mercy. Pinnacle of, of, of good employers, employers, Nike. Famously non-users of child labor, Nike. Right, famously non-exploitive <laughs> yeah. of colonialized nations, Nike. And they definitely haven't put factories in all of those countries, regardless of right. the taxes. But taxes can't raise any money if they kill the economies. So it turns out that the, the tragic, unintended consequence of our good, our good intentions toward Africa, our kindness, is that we have encouraged those countries to lock themselves into a gruesome economic depression. It's just the cinematic tricks that make people think that, like, he's dropping... Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but as you said, it's incoherent. Countries. And like the the the, the patronizing, like the just the absolute. And that it's Alan Alda, you yeah. know, like oh, big famous actor, you know, with charisma. Yeah, and you know he's he's sixty five years old or whatever, so you know he's trustworthy and, and distinguished too. Right. right. Yeah. 
No, he's not senile. He's got like the John McCain when he was campaigning. Energy, Gentlemen, I, I'd know, like to come to the question. He's of jobs old, but he's right here like, at home. Congressman Santos, still got not it a lot together. of people are afraid that their jobs are going to be outsourced to low-wage countries, or they're just going to be lost in another round of belt tightening at their companies. So, what will you do to increase job security? Well, first, oh, we already have increasingly relevant trade adjustment assistance. Also timely. Program. Which provides job retraining yeah. to those workers who have lost their jobs to foreign yep. trade. Retraining, yep. Everybody learn to code. Uh, learn to code. Skills job. wallet. Yep. Skills, wallet. <laughs> skills wallet. My economic program and my plan to keep American workers competitive will keep on building on President Bartlett's extraordinary job record. And I think it will keep us on track to create a million jobs by the end of my first term of presidency. A million jobs. Wow, How a whole jobs million jobs in four years, years, you guys. None. Almost keeping up with isn't population that, growth. <laughs> I was about to say, isn't that the natural rate? <laughs> I will reduce the number of jobs in the federal government. You know, I know I'm supposed to tell you that my tax cuts I will destroy jobs. The economy I'm going to tell, jobs. I'm going to be honest with the audience. Jobs fucking suck. Jobs. Which you've heard of job creators? <laughs> I am the job destroyer. <laughs> Which right on. Thank you, Comrade Vinick. Work sucks. The international yeah. attorney will be just as tough. Do you want a president? who will get out of the way when airline executives are putting their companies up to bankruptcy so that they can avoid pension responsibilities to the workers who have given their lives to these companies. Some oh, note, uh, noted Democrat Mayor Eric Adams this week signed um, privatized 250,000 retirees benefits to Medicare Advantage. Because, you know, Democrats, they care about workers and, you know, bankruptcy. They don't yet have people. The party of the party labor here. An unthinking liberal will describe the airline bankruptcies as the evil capitalists screwing the I, I didn't again. say that, Senator. I don't well, think you should put words no, in my mouth. No, I know you didn't say it. You're not an unthinking liberal, are you? <laughs> I, I know you like to use that word liberal as if it were a crime. Schoolyard no, I shouldn't have used that word. I know, I know Democrats oh, think God. liberal is oh, a no. bad word. So I know bad, what's you had coming. To change it, didn't you? What What do you he's, call yourselves now? Progressive. He's about to, it's true. Oh, Republicans oh. have tried to turn liberal into a bad word. Well, liberals ended slavery in this country. What did you, no. <laughs> what did you say? Liberals ended what? Republican president ended slavery. Oh. Yes. Oh God damn it! A liberal Republican. What happened to them? Now that's they that's technically accurate in that like. What, liberal doesn't mean do what, so what, what people think it does. Liberals got women the right to vote. Liberals got African Americans the right to vote. Liberals created Social Security and lifted millions of elderly people out of poverty. Liberals ended segregation. Liberal, liberals passed the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act. Liberals created Medicare. Notice how all these claims are basically from the 60s or well, yes, and famously still relevant Voting Rights Act because that's definitely still around and working. Definitely not cut it. So when you try to hurl that word liberal at my feet as if it were something dirty, something to run away from, something I guess in the 90s slash early aughts, it's not as it, it seems closer, but I don't know. It is. Oh, fucking libs love that yeah, fucking love bit. it. Well, you know, because it's directly complimenting them. <laughs> it is saying, no, you you are a liberal. Oh, and, and, and that's good. Gun control. 
Do we need more? <laughs> no, the Constitution gives us the right to bear arms. It's not up to the president. It's a gun control. Let me give it a shot. Citizens, the Constitution. Uh, he should just be replaced by a wheel yeah. of topics. Forget about more gun control. What we need is bullet control. And we spin Wheel it. of the worst. That's right. There, topics. There are at least 200 million guns in this country. I own Oh, he's doing the Chris Rock cannot bit. cannot control yeah. the supply of guns, but we can control the supply of ammunition. No, such a flex. We should license what? the purchase of handgun ammunition. He's, lit he's literally doing the Chris Rock bit. An ID record of every purchase Dude, I do not remember this part. In the 21st century, homicide detectives should be I don't able remember to anything every about this. I blacked this out to the when I tried to remember it. Gentlemen, let's, let's turn to energy. We have seen record high oh. gasoline prices. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the credit card <laughs> transaction on your bullets. Jesus Christ. That allows us... And the moderator's just like, well, you both said something, so we need to move on. So we're moving on. ...about developing alternative energy sources and stop letting the oil companies dictate our energy policy for us while they rack up... And now we're on energy. ...the Democratic Party line. Attack big business. Uh-oh, a Texas man. I'm not attacking the oil companies. I am just... Look, Arnie, I understand... He literally said, there you go again, by the way, which is a direct reference to Reagan. Is that, is that what you're saying? Reagan, they own me? Gentlemen, let's no, get back to the no, 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 no. He doesn't get to smear me and then move on. I didn't smear you. That's exactly what you're trying to do. Gentlemen, let's just take a breath. No, let's we talk could... about the Senator... money right now. Right now. He raised it. I think I have a right to respond. All right, sir. Go ahead. I've disclosed the name of every one of the 220,000 people who have contributed to my campaign. There are no secrets about where my campaign money comes from. Now, some of my contributors work for oil companies. Liberals want you to think that's evil. They want you to think you can't be a good American if you work for an oil company. I've got yeah, work relatives for. working all over the oil fields of Texas. <laughs> Doing a lot yeah, of lifting. Yeah, I'm just that. saying that your positions on energy, Senator, are exactly what the oil companies want to hear, which is why they've given so much money to your campaign. And your positions on spending, on creating more government jobs, they're exactly what the public employee unions want to hear, and that's why they poured money into your campaign. You want to talk about conflict so, of interest. Well, who's throwing cheap accusations well, I mean, around? Gentlemen, I'm have to stop well, it right Conflict of interest. Senator. Giving people what they need is, for um, big is bad. He's yeah, in the pocket of a big Big working class. So why not agree to drill in Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Because we cannot those big drill our way to energy independence. Oh, it's only about yep. a year's worth of oil. We're, we're doing, we're doing oh. the domestic oil thing. Obama voice, that was me. Unique and spectacular wilderness. That ecosystem is much I more kept the gas cheap. Yep. Uh, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> pathway to a better, more and my handpicked successor, Joe, here is um, also going to be Senator. drilling in Alaska. A year's worth of oil. That sounds like a lot Ooh. to me. And there could be more there. There could be much more. I mean, we'll, we'll never know until we get in there and start drilling. <laughs> this isn't the, what? the Grand Canyon. We're well, ultimately, about. this it could be more. I mean, it could be much more. Ultimately, it's just so fucking gambler it's mentality. It's so fucking stupid. Just like gambler it's it's not a it's it's a global commodity. Like what the fuck? Who cares? Just one more drill. Yeah, just one more. Just one more. Because that's our most magnificent natural monument. It's just incredible how closely to this line, like this economic line, every neoliberal policy cleaves. Because it's just like, oh, just like, like, you just need to build more houses, bro. Just one more development, bro. One more. Right. Just one more lane. Yeah, one more lane, bro. Yeah. There are thousands of operating oil wells in the city of Los Angeles. 
<laughs> just one more oil well, bro. In the parking lot of a McDonald's <laughs> yeah. in Long Beach just the other day. The Democrats are saying, we can't put oil wells in a place so remote that only animals will see them. I wish we could put so all actually, oil wells I would also like to no note that all of the oil and energy stuff here is framed within a, at this time, somewhat dated perspective because they haven't started in the public's eye considering carbon dioxide to be a pollutant or like like a, like a, like an issue. Right. No. No, we still have not we still have not figured out what to do with the radioactive waste from the plants that we already nuclear have. Nuclear power is a completely safe, dependable oh, energy. Oh yes, and we're we all, we we're also setting this up for future episodes at this point. Right. What Vidic says is safe. Completely safe. The government should be supporting up the, the development coming. of alternative energy sources and all of the new technologies like solar. But I hate that Santos's position is no new. Yeah, it's it's fucking stupid. Sorry. Sorry, weirdos. Like I hate the I hate the anti-nuclear yep. greens. Sorry, sorry, weirdos. Nuclear power is good and works. We need it. We need it. It'll help. We need everything possible. Some things that are possible are also bad, but we need them. The government didn't make the Prius the hottest-selling car in Hollywood. That was the market. <laughs> you know, in LA now, the coolest thing you Culture can drive war. is a hybrid. Culture <laughs> war. Drive a Prius. Hollywood elites. The, the fucking Pri the Prius. Remember when we were all obsessed about the Prius? Everywhere? Puts on the helmet. It's powered by my own sense of self-satisfaction. The market has to <laughs> change the way we think. Change what we want. The government can't. He was a guest star on this on West Wing. The market has always been a better problem solver than the government. And it always will be. While you're trusting the market, we're burning fossil fuels <laughs> more and more every day, and global warming is melting the polar ice. The same caps. people who told us we were going to run out of okay, oil. Okay, so there's a global the warming implication. Now trying to scare us okay. with global warming theories. Yeah, global warming theories. The th That's all it is. Yeah, yeah okay. Blah blah blah. blah. This is so. Going about there we go. All the climate all change denial. And he's supposed to be the good yeah, Republican. Yeah, no shit. Saying, so uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Absolutely. We're running short of time. Old man, old man yelling. One final question on energy. We're going to be dependent on foreign energy sources for quite some time. So what can you do to assure a dependable supply of oil, Congressman? I can invade Iraq. Start by saying what I would not do because <laughs> I, I can also invade Afghanistan. I will never go to war for oil. <laughs> we we will go to war for oil multiple times. I would like to invite Senator Vinnie This is the comic where we lift up the shirt and he's got the R high R yeah. oil yep. t-shirt. Would you like to listen to yourselves applaud or would you like to listen to the candidates speak? Please. Ooh. Senator Moderator, don't <laughs> yell at the audience. They're on your side. To go to war to assure our oil supply. I mean, oil is a commodity. It's traded on a world market. You don't have to shoot anyone to get it. You just have to pay for it. So what is way, fucking? You know, he literally says my argument. What does fucking drilling in Alaska do if oil is a global commodity? If you can no, just buy it. Wrong. Canada. So Which? let's stop the hysterical talk about the evils of foreign oil. Well, if it's ridiculous to even think of going to war for oil, then join me in my pledge. No, that would be like going to war for sugar. Do you want to take a pledge against that too? You know, we already went to war for sugar. I'd like to know. Companies, the, the countries, the countries who export oil. 
probably a couple times. We've also probably destabilized a couple uh, Latin American countries over sugar. I will not demean the presidency by taking any pledge other than the oath of office. Gentlemen, we have just a very few minutes left. Now, Having like convictions, not for me, sir. How dare you? Yes. All right, then. According to the coin toss, the first closing statement is from Congressman Santos. I also think that's just, well, it's Senator so Vinnick fucking telling. Like, I'm not going to take any pledge. It's just to stand in for I don't actually believe anything. Like, I don't have... I don't have a, credit, like a moral position that he has no health care plan. Yeah, no education plan, no jobs plan, no energy plan. All he has Ooh, plans. is a tax plan. He's a Liz lad in 20, 2006. <laughs> He's got hashtag. That's right. Was she still a Republican in 2006? A magic wand that you Probably. Can wave at every problem. Senator Vinnick was very quick to attack my plans, but the presidency is about more than saying no, no, no. You. You have to say yes to something. You have to do something. We don't have time for me to remind you of every policy difference that you've heard here tonight. But when you go to work tomorrow and you're talking about this debate, yep, I'm going to go to work and get back to get back to work. I'm going to go back to work and I'm definitely going to talk to my fellow workers about the debate last night. I'm not going to be that weirdo. Thank you. It's going to be too tough to get them done. Talk about what it was like for Matt Santos to go from where he was baptized 45 years ago in San Antonio to where he's standing tonight. Ask yourselves what it takes to do that. American dream, yes, ask sir. Yourselves if you're ready to give Matt Santos the presidency of the United States. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's enough clapping. Thank you. Shut the fuck up. First of all, I want to thank Matt for agreeing to drop the rules and letting us have a real debate tonight. And what you've heard, over and above the many important policy differences, a real debate. Yep. with different philosophies of government. I. I so much policy. Both, both of us want if, best the thing is, I think if if this show had actually had the poll that we sort of repute it as having, like, why couldn't they have gone for a two-hour slot? I have more confidence in freedom. Ooh, your freedom. that's hard. Your I'm just trying to think of who they would have had to. Maybe I should look that up afterwards. Or at least one of those like supersized slots yeah. that they were doing back in the day. Your freedom to save or spend your hard-earned money. Like an extended. Yeah, it makes me wonder who they would have had to bounce. I guess they did push oh, no for shit. that. Okay, yeah, we can talk about that. Extra yeah. minutes. I'm not anti-government. I just don't want any more government than we can afford. We don't want government doing things it doesn't know how to do. Doing things the Fucking private sector affording anything. It's so stupid. I'm not anti-government. I want the Oval Office to be really nice when I'm <laughs> yes. in it. We can afford <laughs> me traveling around by private jet. Believe me. We all want a government we can believe in. We all want a government that doesn't make false promises. A government that doesn't overreach. That doesn't take on more than it can handle. An efficient, Look, that's so boring. That's like the, the highest aspiration of human organization is to stay within comfortable, safe limits. See, this is what Trump understood. Yeah, goddamn right. Promises. And that's why people love that motherfucker. The government is to choose. This is Romney. You know, this is yeah, for sure. It takes experience and mature judgment 
That's what the presidency needs. That's why I think it's funny they wanted this guy to win. That's why I just. Because he's got so much loser. I can give you the government. They see themselves in him. Founding fathers. Thank you very much. I want to look at the Oval Office and see me. But see, he mentioned he mentioned belief and the founding fathers. He's actually good. Senator Vinnick, Congressman Santos, our thanks to you both. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our debate. Thank you for watching. Good night. Okay. You've been you've been one of the yes. worst audiences I've ever moderated. Ladies and gentlemen, you acted. Shut the fuck up. You you acted awfully. May God have mercy on your souls. Okay, so at this point, it's forty five more seconds of them like zooming out and seeing body shots and stuff, and then it's the credit roll. So, yeah. Okay. There is. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here while uh, so we can save the episode segment and then uh, we'll come back and do a little post episode discussion. So I'm just kind of baffled by not any of the policy positions or any let's of the like, real ideology here. Yeah, let's do style. Because, holy shit, this episode is such... If you're just watching West Wing episodes in the streaming and then this one comes on, you are like hit like with a fucking sucker punch left. Like, it's just like, what is going on? There's an audience. It's live. There's all this dead air that... Yeah. is not there in West Wing because it's known for being so punchy, so quippy, so back and forth. This is so realistic in a way that it's it's uncanny valley almost for the show. Yes. I think that's a really good way to describe it because you see you see these people who are, you know, prepared enough obviously like normal ass people, but they are not immediately like skewering their interlocutor with the perfect quip. Mm-hmm. Which is basically what In the, sort the West Wing, cadence, mind yeah, you. it's it's like it's you what know. the West Wing has made its bones on for six right. years at this point. Right, it's such a departure from formula. So on the one hand, like props to the show okay. for like taking yeah. the balls here to make such an uh, weird uh, choice, and like it worked. It got a ratings bump and everything, and I imagine it was like it was critically you know received as like <laughs> oh you know what a clever idea or whatever from what I, what little I looked at when researching the episode. <laughs> you want to tell them about the poll? Oh my god, yes. So they did a real poll for the fake debate. Uh, MSNBC and uh, some fucking polling outlet. Um, hang on, I'll pull it right Zogby. back up here. Yeah, MSNBC Zogby. and fucking Zogby International of 1,200 viewers of fucking sur- appropriate survey amount. Uh, respondents thought that Santos won the debate by 54 to 38%. Uh, however, Santos was favored pre-debate already because he, you know, oh, he's you the protagonist of the show. Because he's the protagonist and also a fucking Democrat. Right. The only people And obviously, about- you know, <laughs> the, uh, the main West Wing viewer is a fucking upscale Democrat, so... 
Uh, uh, I, do, I also I like love it. this little note here. Seventy-eight percent thought the debate yeah. moderator did an excellent or good job. Twenty-two <laughs> percent were like, "Dude, that guy sucked." That guy yeah, had like twenty-two percent correctly were like, "Hall monitor energy, <laughs> fuck him." Don't bring him back next episode. Fuck him. <laughs> but yeah, seventy-eight percent loves to be ruled by a hall monitor who yells at them for clapping. Yeah. So. I, basically uh, like crazy i i also like i want to actually come back to be like i wonder who they would have bumped to um to do West like Wing a long seasons. episode yeah 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 i think they were before maybe like er or something like that who knows yeah because like it would have been a bigger dollar thing so yeah, it must have been something pretty you know it was something so that they weren't gonna bump off easily okay so they were broadcast at 8 p.m on sunday Mm-hmm. <laughs> in between, against oh no this up against so at the same time abc was broadcasting extreme makeover home edition oh sick and and cbs's cold case oh, so which is, i imagine is still going and is something so, that like every 70 year old has appointment viewing for i don't know who they would have bumped if they either started it early or later because it doesn't have like nbc's lineup here um but yeah, why why not? Because ultimately it's if, so if you're going rushed. It's yeah, so if you're rushed. going they for this. They should have lowered the number of topics. They should have just been like this is an education debate or this is a but this because this is the one debate they have to cover everything. Yeah, and if if you're gonna go for it like commit, commit to the deal. Like make it I don't know. Make it like just just do it correct. You know, who cares if we miss an episode of what I'm sure is some garbage like fucking CSI or something. Right. <laughs> like, okay, here, here, I found it. <laughs> the fall lineup. So they did Dateline NBC at seven, so that was before this would air. Uh-huh. Before. Or Gotta have Dateline. Law and, or- Law and Order Criminal Intent. They oh, were Criminal Vincent Intent. D'Onofrio. Okay. <laughs> Please. That's like the third Law and Order spinoff. That's absolutely can afford to get bumped back. Like that's different. I thought it was gonna be like something prime, like ER or something like that. So um, it would have been Law and Order Criminal Intent at nine and then fucking crossing Jordan. Oh at yeah. Ten PM. That, that rating. Oh, everybody's gonna miss out on that one. Yep. Yep. I, don't know. I, I I see crossing Jordan memes all the time on the timeline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Notable long cultural cachet crossing Jordan. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. but yeah, just uh, obviously as Emma and I discussed last episode as like people who who used to be former big West Wing heads, we both hated this episode even when we loved the show. <laughs> yeah. Cuz it's so bizarre. It doesn't have that Sorkin cadence, which as if you are a fan and you're not obsessing about like the politics of the show, you're just here for the bands and the cadence. Oh, sure. And, 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 the, and the other and characters. The, the other characters. Like fucking, right. like I said at the beginning, oh, Jimmy yeah. Garofalo. That's another point. Um, Wikipedia mentions that this is like the fewest characters that have like this long a presence in an episode because it's just Santos and Vinick. Like other than the little bit of intro bit it's just those two literally and our moderator who is a non-character in terms of like you know before and after this obviously yeah 
I'm, so yeah, yeah, very weird. And it's so weird. It's so off formula. Again, props for taking bold chances. I guess it worked as a rating stunt. And, you know, they weren't really thinking about like, oh, well, in the canon of the show, this one's going to look fucking weird. If someone's <laughs> yeah, just like sure. watching it start to finish. Because well, again, like the show's on its way out at this point. Yeah, and it's scrambling. episodic television, you know? Like, yeah. I get it. Like, you're just like, oh, let's do a debate episode, and here's the gimmick. We'll do it live, and they can make ads for it, and the network will love it. And I'm sure the network did love it, and they ran a bunch of ads, and it totally worked. And they sold uh, X percent more, you know, caffeinated soda water that day. <laughs> Yeah, and like you, like you can see the ca- the cocaine idea pr- process from like concept to execution straight up the line. Like every mm-hmm. television weirdo, mm-hmm. like everyone's just, gonna love this. There's value yeah. ads all, all along the chain. <laughs> Synergize. Yeah. So, anyway, that was the seventh episode of the seventh season of The West Wing, which I think is actually it's a funny like auspicious number. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Very. <laughs> very. Yeah. We're one away from the angelic number, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's about it for us this time around. Thank you for listening, for putting up with our shit. Um, this is actually like, we uh, we went out on a, a limb with this format too, and I think it worked out pretty well. So happy that, that so. we pulled this off. Um, the episode, Their episode was weird, so was ours, we decided. <laughs> yeah, a lot of dead air. So thank you for listening. Um I don't think I had anything else to contribute. If you want to do the wrap-up, Dave, it's usually Sure. You. <laughs> uh, as always, uh, you can follow either one of our threads on Something Awful or Bread and Roses. Uh, if you found the show a different way and you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, hi, hello, welcome, and we enjoy your listening. If you'd like, uh, you could always email the show, if you'd like, if you have email, of course. Uh, our email address is theworstwing69 at gmail.com. Nice. And I'm going to go and do my nice. live... In live email check, and we have zero emails. Yes, love I love it. it. I love a clean inbox. Email. Zero, baby. Zero stress. <laughs> zero obligations. It's a good way to live. Uh, stay safe out there, everyone. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. We'll be back to discuss a more regular episode of The West Wing next time here on The Worst Wing. Thanks, Bye-bye. y'all. Bye. Send all the money you ask for, but don't ask me to come on 